0: Welcome to the pub of dreams. Welcome to the United pubcast. Mate, ugh, you just keep hoping that Manchester United are going to ease your calms, ease your nerves and, you know, we thought we're resting against Chelsea, so surely they're going to come out firing against West Ham. It wasn't to be. It's a one-all draw, Manchester United against West Ham. Tom, my co-host, is with me as always. Tom, how you feeling after that early morning wake up?
1: Well, it was an early morning wake-up and I did my best. Um, I was up right at 3 o'clock, um, saw the teams walk out. Next thing I knew, I looked at the clock and I was 25 minutes into the game. I missed apparently the best 25 minutes of the match. Um, it was a tough kickoff time for us here in Sydney.
0: Yeah, typical plastic supporter you are. But as I said, to open the podcast, um, obviously United have drawn one all. Um, West Ham opened the scoring, uh, Antonio penalty after some... Questionable goalkeeping, if you if I can call it that, from Pogba putting up his hand to replace David de Gea after his recent form. Um, but obviously United did bring it evil, uh, bring it even rather uh, through Mason Greenwood, who now equals the teenager goal record, seventeen goals, um, and in good company rather. Kid, best Rooney, brilliant. But we'll get into that. Tom, let's start with the team selection against West Ham. Um, no real surprises. It was United's ultimately what we now know as the strongest eleven. However, Fosu Mensah did come in for Aaron wan which wasn't a huge surprise. What did you make of that lineup?
1: Well, I thought Wan-Bissaka, not so much Wan-Bissaka being um, left out or dropped, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure that was so much of a surprise, but Fosu Mensah again getting a run over Delow. Well, well, I call it a surprise, but maybe it's not a surprise in regards to Deleuwe's involvement under Solskjaer. Other than that, I think it's almost what Solskjaer has had to do in terms of his team selection. Obviously, wan has been a little bit flat. But it's what my concerns have been over, over previous weeks. I remember casting my bat sort of six, seven weeks ago or when, lock, when we returned to football, So it probably wasn't even that long ago, that I was saying, rest Bruno, rest Pogba, rest manage rest Martial, just w- w- one or two at a time. And he didn't do it and he kept picking those players and we're getting results, so fair play. But I think it's catching up with us now. However, now Solskjaer's critics are coming in which I've just criticised him for saying it was too he was picking the same eleven too consistently. However, are we in the position, are we in third in the league if he doesn't pick that team so often? So I think it's a fine balance where it's the price we pay, unfortunately, for having such a thin squad.
0: Yeah, I mean I can't disagree with you and You have to say, if you're Diogo Delo, you have to really be wondering, do you have a future at United? To to be honest, it seems clear to me that he's been told. um, And if you think that Ethan Laird has been promoted into the first team squad, uh, Brendan Williams has come on, and the fact that he's giving Fosu Mensah, who's played now three games in a row, let's remember, after not appearing for United for something like a thousand days, I think it's pretty clear that Oli must have said something to the Portuguese to say, you know, you don't have a future here.
1: Well, I've no sort of disagreements with Oli there. If he wants to get him, that's fine. And and Deleuze, I think is done fine at United. But again, I don't won't lose too much sleep over him leaving. However, in saying that, I think he would have really helped in that second half. I think so many players were breaking down with Wan-Bissaka in that sort of final third on the right hand side. I think if you replaced Delow in that second half for Wan-Bissaka, I think Delow would be quite effective, and maybe we come away with the three points.
0: I mean, if you look at what we lacked in the attacking third today, yeah you, you could be right uh, eight shots, I believe in the we' well, eight shots on target I should say it's just it's not enough, you know you need to create a lot more than that, but anyway, let's continue into the game so obviously West Ham United actually dominated the opening exchanges, and while you were snoring, I thought United were actually going to go on and slap West Ham. Um, we had a had a shot within the first two minutes or so. United were progressing the ball very well through midfield. And then Fosu Mensah, who we said has started, he got a little bit reckless, didn't he? First he gets caught offside when he really shouldn't have been. And then he, just a lazy foul. And then, geez, as we said, Paul Pogba. Um, and we have to take into account, and again, I'm not going to crucify the guy. But that's now two games in a row in the Premier League where his errors have led straight to goals. But um, anyway, he puts his hand up. What did you make of the handball?
1: Look, it's always going to be a controversial issue when it's Pogba and it's drama in the middle of the middle of the game. Um, look, you can't defend it. It's a shocking mistake. It's an error. Um, he's cost the. T- or he's, he's cost the. I wouldn't say cost the game. Obviously, we had time to get back into it, but um, it's completely his fault. However, the criticism of him, I think, is way over the top. He did not try and catch the ball. He didn't put it. My first ever red card in football. I was on the goal line. I was. I was playing. Obviously, wasn't a goalkeeper. I was an outfield player. I was there, I was on the goal line, and I flew across the goal like a prime David De Gea and pulled the ball out of the top corner. I didn't mean to do it. It was just a reaction. It looked like a flying David De Gea, but I did not mean to do it. It just happened. Paul Pogba, when it looks in slow motion, yes, he does raise his hands and stop the ball. That is in slow motion. The ball's been rocketed at 100km an hour at his face. People are calling him coward. He doesn't even have time to think. Shit, it's coming at my face, put my hands up. It is just a natural reaction. His criti- the criticism I have of him is he—you have to anticipate that a potential scenario like that might occur. So you have to almost pretend like, okay, a shot might come my way. I'm in the box. Let's visit. Let's sort of forcibly keep my hands down just in case, so that won't become a problem. I think mean, that is where his um, mistake was—that he wasn't anticipating the worst-case scenario. I don't think you can fault him for his hands going up, but he definitely didn't mean to do it. However, it's Paul Pogba, so I think. The criticism is
0: going to be a little bit different. Yeah, that's fair to say. And I just want to sort of touch on something that we've seen over the last few games. Harry Maguire's making individual errors, Pogba's making individual errors. These are senior players. Is it a concentration issue? Is it just the fact that these guys have played so much football that they're fatigued? So, you know, naturally their minds just probably aren't as sharp throughout that 90 minutes? Or is this purely a dip off in form? Because if we're being honest, Pogba's had this in his game since he's come to United. However, it hasn't come, I guess, this often or this back-to-back, if you like. Um, Harry Maguire, sort of mixed form in since the restart. Is it just simply fatigue or is there a bigger concentration issue uh, with the senior players, you think?
1: Um I was having this discussion on Twitter with someone and we compare sort of a mentality side of things. We compare them to teams we've had in the past in terms of Keane, Vidic, Robson, Beckham, Ronaldo, players like that. If you look at this team over the past six, seven years, we've been a team who's been battling it up for six or seven spot. So the mentality or attitude of these players is, I don't want to use this as a criticism, but it's probably not going to be the level of Ronaldo, Beckham, Roy Keane, Ryan Giggs, etc., because they're not that type of player. We're a lot worse than what we once were. And you can argue that mentality should be the same where you're the top team or the 20th team. But no, that's not true. The top team will have the players with the better mental the mental side to their game. So I don't want to use it as a criticism saying... Uh, look, "Look, Looking back, at it, I think fatigue definitely does play a part. It's unique circumstances we're in. Um, the players had three months off, and then they suddenly go into two or three months of the most... um the heaviest um, fixture congestion of their life. So maybe fatigue comes into it, but I don't want to go cr- too hard on the criticism saying they sort of lack that mental strength. I think it's just a combination of things, and it's just unfortunate that um, a lot of the mistakes have been highlighted.
0: Well, I'll tell you, if we're going to question their mental strength, they're going to get a real test on Sunday. But before we get there, um, we did equalise after the break. Uh, Martial into Greenwood, and again, brilliant finish. I rewatched it, because I, obviously it's too early when we're watching the games. Um, but I thought, really classy finish. Again, he just shoots early, lots of power, and he just knows where he wants to put it. Greenwood. And as we said, um, he's now equaled the record for 10 Premier League goals for, a, for an 18-year-old. He's in good company. Uh, Brian Kidd, George Best, Wayne Rooney. Fair players, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, you just look at those names there, and the first thing that comes to my mind, I don't know why, but... George Ravest scored in a European Cup final, Brian Kidd has scored in a European Cup final, and so has Wayne Rooney. Now, we obviously need to qualify for the European Cup for Mason Greenwood to potentially do that. But he does look like a player who will go onto the world's biggest stage, hopefully. And yeah, You look at, he's equaled the record now. Well, he's still got another Premier League game to go. And then potentially more Europa League fixtures where you back him to score goals. So I think he'll break the record.
0: 17 goals, I mean, if you told me at the start of the season he would score that many, I would have told you you were mad, so credit to him. If
1: you look at 17 goals as well, in my mind, it almost feels like he hasn't played 17 games.
0: It's a weird one. If you look at the stats, he's played, over forty games, but you know he's obviously been drips and drabs, right? He, he's come on coming on late in matches. It was probably wasn't until December where he actually started getting regular starts, besides the Europa League and some League Cup games. So again, credit to him, and clearly he's come back a heavier frame um, since project restart or since the footballs resumed. So good on him. I, t- I guess, Tom, looking at that performance, no one was really brilliant. But, you know, we already went through the FA Cup game without giving out 3-2-1. So we thought we'll bring him back for this match. Who was your man of the match?
1: I'm tough one. I'm not sure I have a man of the match. I'll maybe throw a few names there. And if anyone's on your list, we can maybe bump them up to three points. But just in regards to what you mentioned there and um, obviously reaching the record, but also for the, I wouldn't say match-winning goal, but the all-important goal, maybe Green would prove the difference for three points.
0: Definitely. There's no argument from me. And you know what's insane? I actually thought he had a pretty quiet game, but he was decisive. What he did impacted the game in a positive way. Obviously, he scores the goal. So, yeah, Mason Greenwood gets the three points for me. Uh, number two, I actually think it's straightforward. Um, again, you're, you're going to be like, oh, of course you're saying it's him. Anthony Martial barely touched the ball, but I thought every time he did get it, he looked good, linked up, play with, uh, with Greenwood, um, obviously got the assist. I thought we didn't get the ball to him enough today, um, but I thought he was one of our sharper players with the ball. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, he definitely did well. And again, uh, strikers will sort of unfortunately at times be judged on if they score or not, but he definitely did play well. I had both Martial and and I also had De Gea there potentially for one point. um, I'm not going to disagree
0: with you. But, I thought I thought De Gea did well today. Um, at least just better with the ball. It no, wasn't really challenged, but I thought he actually actually got out of the box on a few times to catch the ball, which I thought was quite a pleasing sign.
1: Yeah, I thought Martial De Gea, or even and again maybe you just um, criticised him a little bit earlier, but I think Harry, Harry Maguire. I thought defensively we can we can talk about his um, sort of contribution when we have the ball, but I thought defensively dealt with Antonio um, quite well.
0: Yeah, I mean I'd be more tempted to give it to Maguire. I think. De Gea was better today, but again, if he wasn't performing so badly, we wouldn't need a highlight that he's been better today. So if we're looking purely at the 90 minutes, while he didn't have a lot to do, I think Maguire did his job well, tidied well, uh, and just you know just kept the ball reassured and recycled. You know what i got to say, and maybe it's just a pet peeve of mine, Maguire seems to look for those Hollywood balls a, a fair bit, and I know he's got it in his locker, but there's times I just wish he'd keep it simple. I just want to see him do that. There was a couple of times he just threw it wide and it was a bit unnecessary to me. But nonetheless, I think that's the one point for today. Fairly straightforward. 3-2-1 for the first time in a while, I'd say.
1: Yeah, it seems like it.
0: Before we move on to uh, the comments, Tom, I, something I'm just thinking of. Um, Nemanja Matic, he signs a three-year deal. He was in unreal form. And since he signs that deal, I feel like his performances have really dipped off. I was telling you, I was at soccer training earlier where we were playing three-touch against five-a-side. Mate, Matic was taking about five touches every time he had possession today, and I felt it really slowed down our progression with the ball. Um, what was your opinion on his performance today?
1: Yeah, He's got a lot of criticism, and again, okay, it wasn't prime I, mean, Matic, I think He had a poor game by his standards, but I don't think it was overly, sort of extremely bad performance. So I think it was just a case of a few things, I think. In terms of Lindelof and Maguire on the ball, I don't think have been great recently. So in terms of getting the ball to Matic in space or on Matic's preferred foot hasn't been ideal. I think Pogba's playing a little bit deeper, which is maybe affecting Matic a little bit. He almost doesn't have those two options of Bruno and Pogba ahead of him. But yeah, I think as fans, we always draw sort of comparisons. Oh, he's got his money now. He's happy. He's comfortable. He's going to lose that drive. I don't think that's the case. I think he's been playing well. And I just put it down to maybe he's just in a bit of bad, not, not even bad form now. He's just... He was in such good form and now it's just taking a little bit bit of a backseat for the time being.
0: Well, we'll see when we get to our Leicester team selection, but I'll let it. I'll move it to you rather to look at our social media mm-hmm. comments.
1: Okay, so we're actually getting a few, fi- which is good, a very good thing. We're getting a lot of Facebook and Twitter comments at the moment, so we still want to read everyone's out, but instead of reading everyone, we'll just take sort of a, a point or two from each person to make sure we get through everyone. So on Twitter was... Um, Mad Journeyman um also said big test early in his interim like the PSG game surely everyone at the club know how big this is for us and if the result doesn't go our way holding the players accountable is a must. Um, Cosley over from the Perth Supporters Club said regardless of the regardless of the result for me we have progressed this season under Solsha on the right path with his career and I have faith. And also on Twitter was Ashley Williams saying I would have Romero in goals. I cannot trust De Gea in this type of critical game. I just fear he would ruin it for us. A little bit harsh there, actually. I think I thought De Gea did quite well today, but um, there definitely will be nerves coming um, when Jamie Vardy's obviously bearing down on goal on Sunday night. But going across to Facebook, George with his 3 2 was Greenwood, Maguire and De Gea. So quite similar to us. Um, Josh on Facebook said, Defensively, I thought we were decent and Maguire looked very comfortable and a contender for your 3 2 um, almost feels like a cup final on Sunday. Yeah, but, Well, Solskjaer said the same thing as well. It's obviously a league game, but you almost do treat it as almost, I don't know what you'd call it, um, a Premier League cup final, top four trophy playoff, whatever you want. It uh, definitely does have that feel. No, um, Michael Doyle up from the Brisbane Supporters Club said, 19 games unbeaten for us and from fifth to fifth. Two home draws get us to third the 2019-20 football logic right there. I remember seeing that before the game. <laughs> it was, if we got um, three points from these remaining two games, it might not guarantee to go through. However, if we got two points from the remaining two games, it did guarantee us to go through. It was a really weird one in terms of where you got the points. Um, Three points might not have been enough. We could have beat West Ham, then lost to Leicester, and have a total of three points. However, if we got two points, that would have meant two draws, and we would have gone through. So... Yeah, Football Logic 2020. Um, Robert on Facebook also said, 20 points dropped at home this year. So it doesn't feel like 20 points, but that is obviously a big problem. His three points were Mason Greenwood, Martial. And he hasn't given one point. It was just one point and no one there. So um, I think we'll just give it to Maguire to complete a hat-trick of M's. And we'll go Mason, Martial and Maguire. And Stefan said, For what it seems the first time in forever, we're not fifth anymore. After the performance, though, it doesn't really feel like we're in third. And I agree with that. You look at it... Could you imagine... Remember when we were 14 points behind Leicester? Could you imagine mm-hmm. at that time... I think it was... Was that around maybe the Burnley loss?
0: Yeah, that was in January, yeah.
1: yeah. So you go back to that Burnley loss, and we got 14 points behind Leicester. And I was here, and I was on this podcast, and I definitely didn't want Solskjaer to leave in terms of the footballing job he was doing or the person. I just thought the fans were turning on him, and I didn't like what I saw. And I just thought, for Solskjaer's sake... So it was probably best just to let him go because I, I didn't enjoy seeing what fans were how they were treating him. Mm. I
0: but think before, that was the I title was, of our podcast. Um, yeah, so when we well, lost fourteen game, points wasn't
1: behind Leicester at the time, could you imagine then going into the final day of the season in third?
0: Definitely not. And that's the thing. Like for me, even if we don't make top four, you have to say there's been progression this season. So you know, I'm not I'm not gonna say out oh, even if we finish fifth and the worst was to happen. We've made some serious progression and. I dare say if the board pulled their finger out and got Bruno in, in at the start of the season, we'd be comfortably fourth. So, you know what I mean? Like, you make your own luck in some respects, but you also have to give the man players. You can't make miracles happen, and I think we've done fantastic just to get ourselves competing for the top four. Last season, um, I recall us being in fourth at one point, but then we obviously fell off badly. Um, we've had a similar turn in terms of results and now we're starting to see that dip off, much like last season. However, there seems to be a harder steal steel about this team and I think we'll see a real good performance against uh, Leicester. Uh, Tom, before we look into the Leicester game, uh, Costley actually left a, a good comment on uh, Twitter which he's asked us to look at and I just thought I'd bring it up here. Um, someone's made a reference saying the players and coaching staff were all aware that a draw and win wouldn't have made a real difference going into the Leicester game. And as we would still need a result either way, was the objective possibly not to lose and conserve energy? And he's asked for our opinions on that. My personal thoughts are there is no way Oli went into that game saying, let's get a draw. If you, have to, you just have to look at the Chelsea game, just purely on the rotation that he did. He didn't go full strength for the FA Cup, so that suggested he did have an eye on the West Ham game. Definitely looking to win it, so... Um, valid point, costly, but no, I don't think so. I think he, if you he gave Oli the choice, he definitely would have had the three points today.
1: I, I think it's a subconscious thing. I think obviously go into the... Even the players as well, and I, I look at it more from the point of view of the players. Solskjaer, of course, he, he picks the team, tells them go out to win. That's his job. I look at it from the mentality side of the players. And the players, of course, on the pitch, go out to win 100%. However, they're humans. And you just... I wouldn't say naturally go back into your shell... But it's a defence mechanism, and if a point is enough, you, in the back of your mind, that is there, and it will sort of limit the risk you take. And I thought, maybe in that last 20 minutes, we think, well, God, if we do go forward and we can see the goal here, what could happen? Think, OK, well, we're OK now defending, let's just keep what we have. And I don't think that's really... I don't think you can use that as a criticism of the players. I think that's just a natural human instinct.
0: All right, well, with that, let's start looking at the Leicester match. Um... Looking at the table. So, as you referenced, United are now third. Gee, for a team that does shit, not doing too badly. Um, so, we are third. Uh, Leicester are, are their fifth at the moment. Um, but they are only a point behind. So, with that being said, we we need a draw. If we get a draw, we secure top four. Um, if, if Leicester win and Chelsea win, we are out. But if... Uh, Leicester win and Chelsea lose, we could still finish fourth. So all the scenarios are on the table. Um, but well, anyway, well, I, think I think it's a really good one because it's yeah. actually
1: Wolves against Chelsea. I think it would, it would be definitely one of those games where you are flicking between channels and making sure you're staying up to date on Twitter in terms of what's happening because suddenly yeah. it, it, Wolves take a lead. Suddenly it changes the whole picture. Or suddenly if Leicester take the lead and then Chelsea take the lead, it doubles up for us, so... Um, it's yeah, a really I'm sure, important
0: yeah. one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and look, Wolves, are a, they're a tricky team. They're going to look to secure European football. So they'll be going hard at Chelsea and it won't be an easy game for them. So yeah, I'll definitely be keeping my eye out on that one at 1am 1 for us. So I think it'll think be one of those one. where
1: you almost tune yeah. into that game more. just Because uh, our game it might be very tense, Leicester and United. Because obviously a draw could potentially see both. Could a draw see both teams go through if Chelsea lose? Haven't yeah, spot right on, sir. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if United and Leicester draw and Chelsea lose, uh, Leicester and United finish third and
1: fourth. Yeah. So so it could very will be a very down. tense game. If it's suddenly nil all and come up to the 60, 70th minute, and news comes through that Wolves grab a goal, that obviously gets relayed to the pitch. You are the human, and it'll just create a really fascinating dynamic in that sense. Do you think half. that
0: happens? Do you think do you th- actually think Solskjaer and Rodgers would be keeping their eye on the ground and? or ear on the ground rather, and should they, they find out the result? I think the, the managers result? have
1: they... to. Uh, I think it's important, the manager. I think it's it probably relays onto the pitch maybe a little bit more when the crowd's involved. Obviously, that won't be a factor, so I'm not sure how much communication will actually be from the bench onto the pitch, but I'm sure it would happen. But I think it's important for the managers to know what's going on, um, again, in terms of you don't want to be going, throwing three attackers on to go and get the goal that you don't actually need, and then you leave yourself open at the back. So I think it's very important... For Solskjaer and Rodgers and Lampard and, um, what's he, Santo? Nuno Santo? What's his name? Nuno something? Nuno Spirito Santo something? I'm sure it's very no important for every manager to know what's happening in the other games.
0: If I'm Solskjaer, I'm just telling United, boys, I know we just need a draw, but bloody hell, go out there and win. But anyway, Tom, let's talk about the team selection. Are we rotating for this one, or is it just going to be the strongest eleven possible?
1: Look, in previous weeks, I've always said the same thing, rotate, rotate. And in terms of our performances, again, I would say rotate here. However, it's a cup final. So it's probably too big of a risk to rotate here. But the reason I would make a change or two is just for the fact that what I've just said before in regards to the other fixtures, the, the, the outlook of the day will change so much. It might change two or three times in the first 45 minutes of who's going through, who's out, etc. And I just think we need a few more options on the bench to change it up if we do need to go for it. So I'll probably, in my opinion, I'll drop um, Marcus Rashford and I'll put a gala, I'll put, put a gala through the middle and Marshall on the left, just in case we do need that boost of pace to come off the bench in the second half, we can bring Marcus Rashford on. But if we have Rashford on and we're chasing the game, do you really sort of pin your season hopes on a gala coming on? He very well might come on and um, grab the all-important goal. But I'll probably be a little bit more confident and excited if Marcus Rashford was... Sort of taking his bib off and coming onto the pitch. Um, other than that, rotations in midfield. Look, I definitely wouldn't do this, but maybe it's my bias, and I can get your opinion on it.
0: Oh, I um, hear a one mutter about to come out of your mouth. Yeah, go e- on.
1: Exactly. In terms of who, who's sort of who do you think would perform better in recent weeks? In terms of Bruno and Matta, In terms of where are our problems have laid. In terms of giving the ball away cheaply, do you think Matta gives the ball away that cheaply in those areas? And especially he against, especially against Leicester City who counterattack so quick.
0: I think that's the problem though. This is the game where I wouldn't use Mata simply because Leicester are just gonna be so quick in the counterattack that I feel like you're yeah, gonna need. But you length. don't give
1: them the chance to counterattack if Bruno's given them the ball, then they can counterattack if you've got one. And I'm not saying drop Bruno, I understand you have to pick Bruno, you're not not picking Matter here. It's just in terms of what Bruno's contributing to the other team at the moment is he's given the ball away in such dangerous areas and it's setting up attacks for the other team where I don't think one mata does that.
0: Well, maybe it could I could have made a case for one mata starting today, possibly against Southampton. Like, yeah, maybe maybe it's West Ham, yeah. Games. Today
1: was probably the better bet than obviously in you know, a must-win against yeah, Leicester.
0: but I think just the way Leicester play, and you know what, when I think... And you know, it's a good point that you make about Rashford, and I'm not going to go hard on him, but I thought he was really poor today, really poor. Besides the one ball for Bruno, where admittedly the Portuguese should have done better... I thought Rashford wasn't at the races. And the fullback, who, mind you, I've never heard of him, he pocketed Rashford. He didn't have a trouble in the world. So I thought it was quite poor. Again, I'm not going too hard on him. I know he's come back from a big injury and he's played a lot of football, but he just wasn't at the races today. And I'm with you. I'd start a Gallo, who had a glorious opportunity to put us in the lead uh, in the second half. But I feel like if he gets some game time from the get-go, he might actually finish those off. Um <sighs> Let's talk about Solskjaer a little bit. Uh, look, from obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, everyone knows you and I are ollie-in no matter what. But is there any chance the board change their position on Solskjaer, say we finish fifth, or let's say we get absolutely our asses handed to us, we lose 3-0. Is there any scenario where Solskjaer's position comes under question?
1: Not, not for me, however... You look at it in the past and you just have to look at uh, previous evidence under David Moyes and Louis van Gaal. Could, there very well could be a contractual thing there if he doesn't make it. You don't know. I don't think that's the case this time. And obviously Solskjaer does have, I wouldn't say a buffer, but a little insurance of the potential to go for the Europa League and qualify through the back door. So I don't think that's the case where they'll pull the trigger just from a mathematical point of view if we don't make it. But the job he's doing, I don't think... Yes, there are clear negatives. There are clear areas to work on, both both from the players, both the boardroom, and especially Solskjaer himself, 100%. But there's, definite positive, there's so many positives he's doing on and off the pitch. I think it would be ludicrous to get rid of him now. I'd name a manager to come in now. I think we've shown the Solskjaer, what Solskjaer is doing. There's no need for Pochettino now.
0: Pochettino? Don't worry about Pochettino. I'm, I'm saying let's bring Moyes back. Clearly showed us what a genius he is today. <laughs> no, nah, but... Um, OK, so look isn't at Leicester's results um, as of late. Look, they're, they're on the wobble as bad as we are. They've lost their last result. 3-0 to Tottenham, they lost. They beat Sheffield United. Prior to that, they lost to Bournemouth 4-1. A draw against Arsenal. And prior to that, um, they beat Crystal Palace when football restarted. But, yeah, it's been... so a very patchy form... And they're clearly not doing too well. Um, before I get your final, I guess, score prediction, let's talk. Uh, just want to talk about the little relegation battle because it might impact United. Um, Aston Villa, obviously, they're going through a little bit of wobble, but they did have a big win against Arsenal. Um, Grealish, does does he come to United if they stay up?
1: Yeah, well, that's a, that's the hurdle now, I think, if they do stay up. And they're probably the most likely to stay up because I think they're playing West Ham, and West Ham are at two or three spots above them. And I think Watford and Bournemouth both have tricky games. I think I think Arsenal and Everton, they play. So if one of them's got... Aston Villa are the ones out of the relegation zone at the moment, so they're obviously yeah. favourites to stay up. And yeah, I think... Look, I heard his post-match interview, is this your last game at, um, at Villa Park? And it was one of the very cliché answers where he knows he's potentially off. And he was just trying to appease the fans. But yeah, I think it's almost nailed on. If he gets relegated the the next the next Monday morning, he arrives at Carrington for his medical. But if he does stay, um, it does help Baston Villa's case. And I think he still will leave, and most likely to United. Um, but it'll definitely be a bit of a kick in the nuts for United, who are hoping to get him on the cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'd love to get him in. Um I mean, if you just look at what we've been talking about, imagine you could pull Bruno out for a rest, you start Jack Grealish, or you pull Rashford out and you put Grealish on the left. Like that's a quality footballer and the way he's played captaining a pretty poor team to be honest. I thought I think he's shown he's got some steel about him, he's a brave player and he's someone with a bit of character. So I'd hope that that's one United can get done regardless. Tom Give me a score prediction, mate. Obviously, it's a big game, so how's it going to go?
1: Look, I, I don't know. Look, every game you going, oh, yeah, we'll win. Hopefully, we we'll win and you would be positive. I don't think it's going to be a smooth game. Um, I do back us to get into the top four. I just have a feeling that there is a bit of a feel-good factor when you scratch by the service around Solskjaer, and I think as bad as we have been, I think there is a case to say we do deserve to get top four, and obviously the, the 38th game of the season will um, provide the answer to that, but I do believe it, so... I just think in the the context of the way this season has gone, I can see us scraping through with a one all draw and I just have a feeling with the guy we mentioned before we we'll, are we'll both called from the start, but he may become come off the bench, but I just think in terms of the social media, you know, football banter and everything and United fans almost taking to him as a cult hero, I could maybe see a gala um, getting an all important equalizer.
0: I would love to see that. Um but that with that assumption, you're saying we're gonna fall behind and I actually think United are going to start hot and heavy on this one. I really do. I think we're going to come out firing and aim to get an early goal. And I'm telling you, if there's one thing I want to see Oli do, I want to see Pogba further up the pitch. Because that's something that that game was crying out for today. I just, I remember Pogba when Oli first took over. Obviously, he was playing much more advanced. And I know Bruno's there, but... For me, you've got to find a system where if you can play Matic in a deeper role and allow those two to bomb forward, and I know that's hell risky, especially when you consider how uh, Leicester counter. Maybe you rest Bruno. Maybe you put a McTominay in yeah, and you play per- that. Pogba case, further forward.
1: I was just about, exactly about to say that. Is there a case for Matic and then you play Pogba in that 10 position, then in terms of the way Leicester play with their speed on the break, you have McTominay as that box-to-box player.
0: I think so, mate. Honestly, I think that would suit United much better for this game. It and gives us it also, the legs Then it the also gives
1: us that option if we do need to chase. You have Bruno coming off the bench instead of Pereira or Lingard.
0: Absolutely, and that's the thing. So if we can have Pogba further forward, and you and what you've suggested, if you got Rashford starting on the bench, imagine you're chasing a game, and you got Bruno and Rashford to bring off the bench. Suddenly, we look a lot stronger. So. Look, it's something I'd like to see. Whether it happens or not, we'll wait and see. But I think United are going to get the win in this one. I'm feeling a 2-1 victory. I'm feeling a 2-1 victory. I think Anthony Martial is going to knock it off. And you know what? (sighs) I think Pogba's due. (laughs) Huh? He's going to put the ball in the back of the net? Mate, come on. Come on. The Creme are staying inside the pants today. But we will (laughs) see what happens. Obviously, we will be with you Whatever drama unfolds uh, to review the match. Hopefully that's United in the top four. But how can we forget there's always the Europa League if worse comes to worse. Tom, anything to add before we wrap up?
1: No, just um, whatever God you pray to at home please um, start praying because the 90 minutes on Sunday night or Monday morning Sydney time is going to test all of us.
0: Absolutely. Let's hope we get the win. Tom, it's been a pleasure. I've been Larry. Follow us at uh, United Pubcast or UTD Pubcast on Twitter. I'm at the Larry Taylor. Um, I don't know what Tom's handle is, but I'm sure you'll find him. And we will catch you in the next one. Cheers.
1: Cheers.